Top 14, the finest football multimedia page out there. Follow us on the socials and don't forget to like and subscribe. Enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to the Top 4 Tears podcast. It has been a while, I know, since our last episode at the tail end of May. But we are back with consistent and hopefully weekly content to grace your ears. It is myself, Lucas Ross and Tom Ward, the dynamic duo that we all had at the tail end of last season. Tomo, good evening. It's wonderful to be back. Yeah, it's great to be back. Hopefully this is going to start being consistent now. We've both had very busy lives. Me starting university, Lucas, with college. So, you know, it's not easy to do these things. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting it back on. And, you know, we've, we've got plenty of stuff to talk about, plenty of content coming your way, uh, even with the World Cup being on. Exactly. In football, I, I, except for when you're in June and there's nothing going on and it's not a World Cup or Euros, there's always there's almost always something to talk about in football and that's something that's so good about the beautiful game. So today, to get back into the swing of things, we're going to go on a we're going we're not going to go with the format that we had at the tail end of last season that worked so well, t- touching on some of the key games. Instead, tonight we are going to talk about some of um in we're going to pick a team from each league who we think has been really good and a team from each league who we think has been not so good. I've got the Premier League table in front of me because we're gonna start there. And potentially a player who's been really good and a player who's been not so good. So I'm going to get us started with the Premier League and a team who I think has been really good this season. And also another thing, obviously, both of us being massive QPR fans of the championship, we can't really say QPR because we'll go off on a massive tangent there. But for, with, with no further ado, for the Premier League, it's actually really difficult, I'm not going to lie. The team that's been really I could definitely tell you the teams that have been really bad. I've got two. But for the team that's been really good, I am going to say... I'm actually going to go with Newcastle, who they've won they've won five of the last six. And they're on a bit of a roll, wouldn't you say, Tom, obviously, with, with all the motivation. They've only lost one game all season. And obviously, that was the game where at Liverpool, which was lost in the 98th minute. But... Tommy, what have, what have you got to say about Liverpool? And tell me your pick for a team that's done really well so far this season. Yeah, um, about Newcastle. Yeah, but yeah Newcastle, um, not Liverpool, sorry. Yeah. No, but um, they might be coming up later, to be fair. But I think Newcastle, yeah, they've been brilliant this season so far. Um, I mean, again, they're, they're a side that you look at the way they play under Eddie Howe now, it's so dynamic. Um, you know, they line up with... But they have got... They've got quality players across the pitch as well. Um, and so I think that it's really, really good because, you know, Eddie Howe, as a manager, when he was first appointed, came off the back of a relegation with Bournemouth. There was a few doubts about him. Um, he maybe wasn't the first choice for the club. So, you know, it, he's proven his doubt is completely wrong. Um, and I think they could genuinely be in with a shout of at least the top six this season because they look a really good outfit, not only defensively with the additions of Sven Botman, um, he's really improved. And obviously Trippier came in back end of last season and was excellent. Um, But, you know, 
they've really improved just on the whole as a team. And they've done that despite one of their, you know, their record signing, Alexander Izak, being injured. So I don't think you can say that it's been the perfect storm for Newcastle. Um, and I think just keeping key players such as Callum Wilson fit, because he's been unbelievable recently, um, and there could certainly be a discussion with him regarding the England squad. Um, if he can stay fit, if people like Bruno Gamares, Joel Linton, Miggy Almiron, who's been unbelievable so far this season, can stay fit, and they get the likes of St. Maxim in and Isaac back, then I can't see them tailing off. Obviously, as, as you said, they've got a couple of players who have been out injured so far this season. But for me, with in the manner in which they've started, they currently sit fourth in the league after 13 games with six wins and draws each and only a single defeat, which was the 98th minute loss away at Liverpool in at the end of August. But other than that, other than that tiny, tiny blip, they've been a joy to watch all season. Obviously, injuries haven't injuries haven't exactly been on their side, but that doesn't really matter to be honest, because for for the most part they've been phenomenal. Now, a side who has been pretty two sides have been diabolical this season are two of the sides who occupy the bottom three at the minute and they are Leicester and Nottingham Forest. So I'm going to start off with Leicester, who currently sit in 18th place. Yes, they've slightly improved as of late with before their unlucky 1-0 defeat at home against Man City. They did have back-to-back wins and were unbeaten in three. But if you look at their overarching season as a whole, they got a point on the opening day at home to Brentford. But since then you they lost one two three four five they lost they lost six in a row after that which is not is not what anyone wants to be doing and only managed to ed, edge past league two outfit stockport county thanks to penalties for crying out loud but yeah it's been very disappointing i think something that hasn't helped leicester's case at all is that they're starting to lose their premier league identity a bit like one player who's been the backbone of Leicester City side for as long as I can remember, as long as I can care to think, is Kasper Schmeichel. And obviously, he, he left in the summer to go on a, onto a new adventure at Nice, which, to be honest, came it didn't really come out of... It came out of nowhere for me, to be honest, because I thought he was going to retire a Leicester hero and a Leicester legend. But crying out loud, he made 479 appearances to the Foxes, winning not only the championship in 2014, but the 5,000 to one Premier League two years later. Tomo, let's hear your side who's disappointed you so far this season in the Prem. Well, I just want to touch on Leicester because I, I am going to be a bit more positive, uh, Leicester fans, if you are listening, um, because I think they have turned it around recently. I mean, they started the season atrociously and they they did look aside that, that were really void of confidence. As I say, Danny Ward, who's come in for Schmeichel, has has had, had a really tough start to the season. There was a lot of pressure put on him um, and he was heavily criticised. But recently, I think he's certainly upped his game. But James Madison's a key player for them. He's been, I mean, he wasn't great to start the season, but he's been really good recently, um, especially in the win over Forest. He was amazing in that game. And if you look at the last four games, they've actually, 
you know, that it was a good point at home to Palace and then they'd gone and beaten Leeds 2-0 and then let's Wolves 4-0 and then obviously losing to Man City is not ideal, but it was a good performance and, and they weren't, you know, they gave City a really good game at the King Palace. So I think Leicester could be could have turned a corner. I think they definitely need a little bit more investment in January. Um, I do like the the Woot Face signing. He looks like a, he settled the defence a little bit. Um, but I think, yeah, for Leicester, it, it could get better. Now, the team I'm going to touch on is actually Wolves because, again, um, you mentioned Forrest, but I think it would be slightly harsh with Forrest because when a team gets promoted, especially via the playoffs, they are always generally one of the favourites to go down. And Forest have been poor. I mean, they've scored eight goals in 13 games, conceded 28. You know, they've got nine points. But I don't think that you could expect from them what what most people would have thought from Wolves. And, you know, when I saw Wolves this season, I thought they had a decent season under large last season, maybe build on it in the second year. They made some good signings, somehow managed to keep Ruben Neves, um, got Adama Traore back, signed um was it is it Nunez is he called? I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, Nunez. No, is it not Nunez? I don't know who he is. Um I'm getting thumbs down up and everything, but they did sign a very promising yes, it's Nunez. Player. Yeah, it is Nunez. Mateus Nunez um in the summer, which was a real coup. And obviously um Sasa Kaladzic did his ACL literally in his first game, which is disappointing. And Gonzalo Guedes as well, which I thought he would have scored goals for them, but he hasn't settled in. Um, Nunez has yet to really hit his straps at all. And they need to hurry up and do so because at the moment, if you take Ruben Neves out of that team, it's really poor. Defensively, I I think letting go of Connor Cody was a, a really crazy decision. Um, and Willie Bolly also leaving, who hasn't been great at Forest, no, no doubt. But I think when you change up a defence so much and you lose your club captain, you've got to be bringing quality in to replace that. And and they haven't done that at Wolves. And, you know, when you're only scoring six goals in your opening 13 games, I think that says everything you need to, to know, really. And unfortunately, at the moment, with Jimenez injured, with Kaladzic injured, not much productivity from the wide players and Diego Costa, their only real source of goals, who, let's be honest, he's probably three years out out of date. I think they could really struggle and I can't see them turning it around. Whereas with Forest, I think, you know, they've got the players that that could gel eventually. Um, So that's why I've gone Wolves. Yeah, fair enough. I see where you're coming from. But with Forest, for me this summer, it seemed like they've just chucked money at anything with a working pulse. Like they they basically came up and bought a new team. Like the team I'm looking at in front of me for Forest, their last starting 11, only three players were regulars in the championship last season. And they're Steve Cook, Scott McKenna, and Ryan Yates. Everyone else. Has has been bought in, and I think for their team, what let's so let's just take a look at their team away at Newcastle. Okay, there are there there have been some investments, but we see the likes of um, Jack Colback. Is Jack Colback, Joe Worrell, 
skipper Brennan Johnson, Sam Surridge as well, and on the bench we see we see the likes of Oliver Hammond, nineteen years old, and Lyle Taylor. None of these players are getting a look in because of the huge investment. Okay, they they have made some good signings. Fair enough. Dean Henderson on his day looks very, very, very good. Like the both their wins, Dean Henderson's practically won them the games on his own. Awoyini's got the goals, and then Henderson's just done everything else pretty much. And I think Sir Jorier, he's a he's a, he's a very very good player. Will he will he come good? Probably, but well, that is I tell you, sorry to put in. I think Tottenham fans will probably be jaws dropping there, saying Sir Jorier is a very very good player. I think he's not bad, but I think for me. They've got to play Nico Williams over him because um, Aurier is just a liability defensively and I think he's got a mistake in him. Yeah, again, completely, I completely see where you're coming from. I think if we, if we look at how they started the season, they they literally just saw Nico Williams was... No, Nico Williams, um, Serge Aurier, sorry, was a few agent... No, a few agent, a free agent. And I think, yeah... Do do I know what to make of it? No, they've got four players out on the treatment table who who are all supposed to be returning in the next week. So going into the World Cup, they'll have a fully fit squad to choose from. Whether whether they have a fully fit squad after the World Cup and whether those how they have a couple of players go to the World Cup, I don't know. But for, for Forest fans, what do you think? Let us know. But as for Wolves, it's 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 really not looking good at all. And yeah, I'm done. I can say much else. Um, moving on now to the championship. And Tom, I'm going to let you start this one. One side who's been really good. And obviously both of us being huge QPR fans. I don't think we can say QPR because we'll probably just go on for days, weeks, months and years about how good QPR are. No, that, yeah, you, you are correct. I, I... I won't be picking QPR to get that in, but I'm going to, and that's Blackburn. Now, they still haven't drawn a game, which I think is in, insane. The fact that Blackburn have, have played 19 league games of football and not managed to draw one yet is crazy. Now, they went on a real, they went on an incredibly strange run about three, four weeks ago where it was win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. And then all of a sudden strung four wins together against Borough, Sunderland, Birmingham and uh, Hull. But that was broken when they lost to Cov on, uh, well, a couple of nights ago now on the 1st of November. So maybe that could be the start of a, a four-loss thing. Maybe they win four, lose four now. But I think the way that John Dahl Thomason's come in, he hasn't massively tried to change the way that Tony Mowbray's played. But I think he's just got a little bit more out of some of their key players, such as... Obviously, we all know what Ben Brereton Diaz can do, and he's got eight league goals this season. You know, been probably their best player by far and away. But also players that have come in, like we all know that Sam Gallagher is a talented player. He's got four goals. We all know that Tyree Stolen is a very talented player, but lacks consistency. But I think he's found a little bit more consistency this season so far. And then you've obviously got. The, the unsung heroes like Lewis Travis, Daniel Ayala, who have both started the season well, and Dom Hyam as well. Um, my only concern with Blackburn is, I think, you know, when you're losing eight games already, it does show that there is a vulnerability there. Um, 
and I think that's something that maybe they just need to be a little bit less entertaining, which sounds strange because, you know, I'd love to win every game, but, well, not draw, because drawing can be frustrating. But I think if you're going to maintain a charge for up the top end of the table, you do need to sort of shore up when you're not playing well. And I feel like Blackburn at the moment are a side when, when they play well, they win, and when they don't play well, they lose. And there's teams such as Sheffield United, Burnley, um, QPR, Norwich, Watford, who play badly in games and still manage to grind out points. And I think that's definitely something they need to work on. But it's much easier to work on that than it is on winning games. So, you know, it, it's something certainly for Blackburn to work on. And I think they'll have a good, good end to the season. Yeah, and I, f- I think the fact the fact that Blackburn are second, having lost eight games, and West Brom are twenty third, having lost seven, says it all about the championship, really. And I think, yeah, for the side to have done well so far this season, I am going to go with. It's really difficult, actually, a side who's done well that isn't QPR, <laughs> but I am actually going to go. I don't want to go with Blackburn because they've lost eight games already this season. I'm actually going to go with Sheffield United, believe it or not. And yes, they lost their first game of the season and they have dropped off a little bit lately, but they bounced back with back-to-back victories over West Brom and Bristol City. And I think after a pretty poor October, I think they can go into the World Cup with their heads held high because they got they, there's a huge top of the table clash on Saturday as well when they host Burnley at Bramall Lane, and I think just looking at it, just looking at their one nil victory over Swansea for argument's sake, I think just just looking at their side, they've got a side more than capable of of going as far as winning the championship. They've got a top top championship standard goalkeeper in West Fodderingham. They've got a strong back three in the form of Chris Basham, John Egan and Anel Amadorzic. And they've got five midfield, George Bulldog, Sander Berge, Oliver Norwood, Tommy Doyle and Reese Norrington-Davies. And then a strong front two in the form of Ollie McBurney and Dillerman and Dye. McBurney as well, man, has really kicked on this season after a very, very poor couple of years. I think, I'm not sure what it is, but last season he didn't manage a single goal. This season, lo and behold, he's already managed seven. And I think, I'm not sure what it is with McBurney, but as I said, he's he's really, really kicked on this season under Paul Heckingbottom. And I think, yeah, it's, it's good to see a player of McBurney's calibre doing what he's supposed to do and score when he hasn't scored in so long. Because literally, he hadn't scored in over a year. And then he scores in three consecutive games. He scores away at Sheffield United, at home to Reading, and then away at Hull, which is good to see. And I think Fodderingham, obviously, League One Wes is a very good goalkeeper. And, yeah, I I think Sheffield really could kick on this season and get that get that promotion that was elusive to them. And now for a side, now for a side to have done poorly to get the ball rolling on the season, um, I'm actually going to go for three sides here, and they are Middlesbrough, West Brom, and Huddersfield. Now Middlesbrough, they they sit in 19th, and see that they had a string of poor results to 
get the season going, which saw Chris Wilder on the unemployment line. And I think I'm, I'm really quite disappointed with how Borough have fared so far this season. Let's just take a look at the side that lost 2-1 against Preston. OK, it was in the last minute, but still. So we have Zach Steffen in goal, a keeper who pulled on the jersey for Man City. He's actually on loan from the citizens this season. Then we'll, we'll look at their back line. They've got Tommy Smith, Dale Fry, Daryl Ennehan and Ryan Giles, who are four top quality championship players. And then, they, and then in midfield, they've got Isaiah Jones, who was one of the best players in the league last season. I thought I thought it was very, very good at times and very electrifying. Johnny Howson, stalwart at this level, always plays well, always gives consistent seven, eight out of tens, even at 34 years of age. Hayden Hackney, who's a bit of a breakout star for the, for the borough this season. And then left wing, they've got Riley McGree, who's a solid option at this level. Then up top, then that... that might be where they're mixing a little bit of venom because they've got Tuba Akpom and Rodrigo Muniz up top. Yes, very good strikers, but I, 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 I don't know what to make of Borough this season. Tom, what have you got to say about Borough? Obviously, your local side, but what do you have to say? Yeah, I think I was probably going to say the Borough as well, but I'll probably go to West Brom um, now. But just quickly on Middlesbrough, I think it has started to turn a little bit. I think Chris Wilder just... His management style didn't suit the club. Now, I think Chris Wilder's a top manager, but I think he needs a certain group of players and a certain group of characters. And obviously the recruitment model that had been worked on for Borough with um, their recruitment team wasn't signed for Wilder. And I think a lot of their players were really low on confidence. And when things are going well, you know, it's easy for players like Matt Crooks, who I like as a player, but players like Matt Crooks, Paddy McNair, Dale Fry, um, Ryan Giles, Isaiah Jones, to be, when the when the town's behind them, they're, they're, it's a great atmosphere at the Riverside. Um, but when it starts to go wrong, it's like a lot of Northeastern clubs. The fans are so passionate that they can also be very um, judgmental and, and fickle, I guess, because they're so emotional. Um, and so it was just... An, I couldn't see Wilder digging himself out of it. Um, and so obviously he was now departed the club and, and Michael Carrick's come in and they looked instantly better performance-wise against Preston and then got the deserved win again away at Hull. And I think they could turn it round now. I think early season they were playing well and not getting results, but then that confidence issue hit and they stopped playing well. So, yeah, I think Middlesbrough definitely have some potential um, as a side. I think they could certainly they'll get out of danger. And I think they could maybe be one of those teams that could maybe squeeze a late run at the playoffs because all being said, they're nine points off six, sixth. So, you know, we can't really criticise. And you say the same with West Brom, they've been even worse. Um, but again, Steve Bruce went, they've signed some really good players though in, in the summer with John Swift, Jed Wallace, OK, Yukushlu coming in, but just hasn't gelled at all. Um and Corbran is now their manager after his ill-fated move to Olympiacos. And I think he's got a lot to do. But again, it's a, it's a squad of players that are talented for the level. You read out some of the players in that in that West Brom squad and they could easily be playoff, prem, playoff level championship players. Some of them in there have ability to play in the Premier League. Um, so I think Baggy certainly needs to turn that round. But I, I do worry for... 
some of the lesser sides in and around it, I do really worry for Huddersfield because I think they haven't got that quality that Middlesbrough, that Coventry, that um, West Brom have. And I, I worry for sides like Cardiff as well because I think to myself, you know, they, again, they, they don't have that quality. And I think teams like, even teams like Hull, who've looked abject at times this season, have enough quality individual players that they'll string enough points together to to stay up. So, I think it's it's a, it's a really tough one to predict at the bottom of the division this year. Yeah, I think obviously West Brom they've started the season off very very disappointingly, sitting in twenty third with arguably a team who maybe at a push could compete in the Premier League. Obviously, they've got they bought in Alex Palmer in goal, having axed David Button from the side, and he's coming and done well. But if we look at their attacking line. There's no reason why there. There's no reason why the three attacking midfielders and the striker can't cut it in the prem. Just take a look at the quality. Jed Wallace, who's been tearing up the championship for many, many years now with Millwall. John Swift, who has been one of Reading's best, one of if not Reading's best player for years now. Matt Phillips, who's been doing it at West Brom for years, and Carlin Grant, who's a top top championship striker as well, and then. Go behind them, you've got Oke Yokuzlu, who has returned to the club on a free transfer after a successful loan spell in the pre- when they was in the Premier League last, back in 2020-2021. And then they've got a backline, OK, is very weak in the Premier League, but in the Championship, it's a strong backline. You've got Dana Furlong, Car- but- Car- Car- Kyle Bartley, Dara O'Shea and Connor Townsend. Obviously, the goalkeeping situation at West Brom last season was... Mix. We had Sam Johnson, who didn't want to be at the club. He wanted to play in the Premier League, and then we and, and then David Button came in, did well, but then he started the season off poorly and has and has rightfully been dropped. And then we look at some of the quality that West Brom have on the bench as well: Grady Diane Garner, Tom Rogic, Jason Malumbi, Brandon Thomas Asante, Jake Livermore, all top Championship players. And may I also add, they've also got Daryl DK and Semi Ajayi out injured. Both very very good players for the, at this level, and they're and they're both close to returning to fitness. And I think it's, I I would usually say exciting times ahead for West Brom, but they're in twenty third place, so I can't really say that. As for Huddersfield, what on what what on earth is going on at the John Smith Stadium? Because they have been so poor so far this season. Obviously, they started off. Obviously, Carlos Corbran walked out and had his ill-fated spell at Olympiacos, like you said. They bring in Danny Schofield with zero managerial experience. Okay, okay, he had one game at Huddersfield at the tail end of the nineteen twenty season, and he comes in and he lasts. And he lasts for one, two, three. He has he lasts for four league games, like really, really poor. And yeah, he, you know, he lasts he lasted only up until the middle of September before getting sacked. And yes, they got a one-nil win against Cardiff, but then the losses quickly returned. And he's been really poor from a Huddersfield perspective so far this season. And just think this was a side who almost got promoted and Last season, I actually predicted them to get relegated. It wouldn't surprise me if they take if they make the plunge this season down to League One. Tomo, what what have you got to say about Huddersfield? 
Yeah, I did touch on Huddersfield a bit earlier. I think I do really worry for them because I don't think they have that quality in their squad. Um, as for League One now, um, I'll do both my good team and my bad team because I think, you know, they, they probably go hand in glove a little bit. Um, and I'm going to start my bad team with MK Dons. Now, I think that'll probably be quite an, an, a common one um, with everyone because to be 21st in the league, with 10 defeats after, you know, being one of the best teams in the division last season. Yes, they had Scott Twine. Yes, they had Matt O'Reilly for the majority of the season. But I think they are re they've are they really struggled um, to find consistency and they've just struggled to put the ball in the net, really. Um, they've lost a lot of games by fine margins, lost a lot of games, 1-0, 0-0 um, nil -nil draws a few times. So, uh, you know, I think, I mean, they've lost 10 games and yeah, I just think they've been really poor. Um, and can I see them turning it around? I think Manning's a good manager. I can't see why he's why he's done so poorly this year. But again, it's, it's strange. But that 5-0 win against Plymouth on the last day of the season is rather ironic now because that's the team I'm going to talk about next. And that's Plymouth who a storm in the league at the moment, top by four points, you know, four wins in their last five games, just come off the back of a, a big derby day winner against Exeter. And when everyone seems to think Plymouth will eventually fade, they keep going, they come on strong. And I've been guilty of it. I thought they've had a hot start to the season, but teams with quality like Sheffield Wednesday, Peterborough, Ipswich, even Derby, Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, who on paper probably have better squads, better teams. Um, I thought they'll eventually catch them and they'll start to drop down the league. But I genuinely can't see that happening now with Plymouth. I think the way they play in that Schumacher system, you know, he's almost enhanced what Ryan Lowe had. And he's made them so much better as a side. They're so hard to beat. You know, they're defensively, they've been so good. He's managed to turn players like Dan Scar, who... No disrespect to him, but he was a an average League Two centre-half. He's turned into one of the best centre-halves in the league. Someone like Brendan Galloway, when fit, you know, we, we all knew he had potential, but he's never managed to stay fit. So getting him fit and firing is brilliant. They've got Barley Mumba, who's been first class on loan. They've got Nigel Longvik, who's been amazing on loan from Wolves and probably could do a job for Wolves at the moment. And then... They have just hit a blow with Finazaz out for about three months, which is is really disappointing for them because he's been one of their best players. Um, but they've they've got you know quality all over the pitch, but I think their system is is why they're doing so well. They just play teams off the park and, and they're so hard to go to and, and get a result. And I, I think they will get promoted this year. Yeah, so it's looking like Plymouth the way next season, and both are completely fair enough. And because we are tight on time, I'm you're doing League One. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do League Two briefly. And yes, I do agree with what you said for League One. I think the, for the for the best team in League Two so far this season, I'm going to go with Leighton Orient. Obviously, we obviously they're top of the league, having only lost one single game so far this season, and their only loss came at home to Newport in rather unfortunate circumstances as well, only losing by one goal. But looking at their most recent victory against Salford, they've got they've got a really good goalkeeper in Lawrence Vigru, who's won the best in League Two. Got a really strong back four in the form of Tom James, Omar Beckles. They've also got Daniel Happer and Rob Hunt. 
And then we go into midfield, they had Theo Archibald, Idris El Mizuni, Darren Prattley, old boy I know, and then Rule Sotiriu. And then up top, they've got Aaron Drinan and Rangers old boy Paul Smith, who's finally seen, seeming to come good for um, a club after obviously struggling to break into the QPR side for so, so long. And I think for a team who's done really poorly this season, I'm actually going to go with Gillingham. And it's really disappointing because especially when you look at the manner in which they ended last season, I think that, I think you can say from a Gillingham perspective, you have every right to be very disappointed. They've got... Neil Harrison charged, who, who almost pulled off the impossible last season and nearly kept them up, but it just wasn't to be. And then the confidence lost that from that has really had taken them aback this season. Like they've they've got Lewis, they've got Lewis Walker, they've got the likes of Scott Cashkit, who who was playing in the championship in early part of 2021. Like, what's happened, Gillingham fans? Let us know. Let us know what's going wrong because you've got a really, really good manager in Neil Harris, who is a top, top league two manager and a top league one manager as well, I'd say. And just what's what's going on? Because it's it's all it's all going wrong. And unfortunately, that is all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening if you made it this far. And it is fantastic to be back. Tom, have you got any last words before we wrap up? Yeah, just great to be back. I think this sort of format is probably something that's going to be easier to listen to. And again, if you didn't hear your team being talked about today, um, then you're probably a boring mid-table team. But no, on a realistic note, um, you will definitely cover your team in in depth at points. Uh, we may go back to covering individual games. Um, hopefully that's something we look to do. So, so yeah, as I say, Thanks a lot for listening, guys. And any feedback, feel free to let us know because we're always looking to take it to the next level. Yeah, as you said, we're always looking to take it to the next level. And and thank you so much for listening to the first episode back. And goodbye. Thanks for joining us at Top 4 Tears. You've been listening to Tom Ward, founder of this multimedia empire, and myself, Lucas Ross, editor and producer. Don't forget to like and subscribe.